The men and women leading the 21 sports at Campbell University have helped build and guide the Fighting Camels to one of their best years ever. They are talented and hardworking, and most importantly, great people. The kind of people you'd love to just sit down and have a cup of coffee with. Unfortunately, in this 10-second soundbite world we live in, we mainly only get coaches talking about how they won, why they lost, and what's next. This podcast tries to remedy that with two cups of coffee and a recorder. I'm Chris Amire, and this is Coffee with Coaches. In 1998, David Johnson took over the Campbell men's and women's tennis programs. Coaching both teams at a university was a common occurrence at that time. 20 years later, he is the only coach in the Big South that coaches both the men's and women's squads. But he sees many more advantages than disadvantages, and the records back it up. Last year, his men's team went 20-5 and and advanced to the championship match of the Big South Conference Tournament for the third time in the last four years. His teams entered this week's conference tournaments as the second and third seeds. David Johnson has been coaching two teams for three decades and winning. Here's his story. Well, Coach, we'll start off with the fact of you were one of the longest tenured coaches here. This place has changed a lot in five years. It's changed a lot in 10 years. Tell me what the Campbell Athletic Department was like, tennis was like, back in 1998. Back when I got here, uh, I think this building, the tennis center here, was the only building back here. The, uh, the softball and soccer field were there, but the, uh, the field house was not. And just out in front of us, where is a field now, there was an old house that was in effect a, a borderline junkyard with trees and fences and shrubs. And so back then I was really isolated in more ways than one. And so that in and of itself is a enormous change just in terms of the, the actual tennis center. Uh, we feel more in the mainstream. Uh, the fields now, the practice fields and such across the street, none of that existed. And so we were at the end of the road, literally and figuratively. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been unique to see the expansion, the growth and development, not only of the university, but certainly the athletics department. Well, let's talk about how you got here. Before we get into coaching, when you were back growing up, uh, what got you into tennis? What got you into sports? I was the youngest of six boys, no sisters. Uh, my father was in seminary when I was born, but he uh, attended Davidson College and uh, was involved in track and field in the spring, was quite a good basketball player. They were in the Southern Conference then, uh, as they are now, but the Southern Conference then included North Carolina, Duke, and so forth. That was before the ACC existed, so he played against all those teams. He was quite a good athlete. Uh, good baseball player as well and so from an early age I was surrounded by sports uh, some of my older brothers were also involved in one form or another in the different sports and so I kind of grew up in that setting early on in the 60s and 70s I was more aligned with the more traditional team sports football basketball and even little league baseball and only at a late stage was I kind of introduced to tennis in my early teens by my father, who was a pretty good player. And that was the first taste of uh, an individual sport for me. And it, it caught my attention. And from there, it kind of led to playing, practicing training, playing in high school, and then playing in college. Wow. So your father played Southern Conference basketball at Davidson. Mm-hmm. 
wow. Yeah. But he was also a good tennis player. That that's amazing. You usually he, don't see those two. Things. He held the uh, uh, for the longest time the, the the record for the javelin. That's back when they threw wooden javelins, uh, <laughs> uh, as opposed to fiberglass or whatever they throw now. But uh, but yeah, he was quite a good athlete. Uh, quite a good student too. I don't I don't know to what extent I inherited either of those. <laughs> uh, Compet- that's a whole other conversation. Competition-wise, being the youngest of six brothers, you had to grow up and compete quickly or you weren't going to make it in that house. Uh, there's some truth to that, yeah. Certainly with some of the older ones, uh, you know, as I got a little older and bigger, you know, the ability or the willingness to try to uh, earn my stripes and compete and uh, so forth, yeah, it did promote a lot of that. For a while there, we had our own team uh, in different sports. And it was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, those were a long time ago. You played so many different sports, and you said introduced to tennis late, but how did tennis grab hold of you? What did you like about it? Well, in one sense, as I just referred to, starting out in my early teens, 12, 13, which by today's standards is very late, by then many or most of my brothers were borderline out of the household, and so in my younger years where I could play basketball or flag football or whatever else with my brothers or others in the neighborhood being the last one (laughs) as I got older I had to kind of chart my own path and that's where the individual aspect of tennis I think um, came into play more so you know that's something I could do I used to ride my bike down to the park and hit off the wall and you know backboard and and stuff like that and then my dad built a court in the backyard a clay court Uh, and so we could practice and play there which was convenient. How did you like playing tennis at the collegiate level? It was a lot of fun. I played at Winthrop uh, years ago, and uh, uh, certainly it was, as a lot of things are different then than it is now, but it was, it was a good experience, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the team aspect of it, I mean, even now as a coach, I guess our sport it combines in many respects the best of both worlds. It's, it's both a, a team sport, you've, you've got teammates, but it's equally also an individual sport. So it's kind of both wrapped up into one. And I found that appealing uh, and still do as a coach. What was Winthrop like back when you went to school there? Uh, this will be interesting. And this was not calculated. Many people think it was. Prior to my going there in the late 70s, I started there in 77. Uh, it had just gone co-ed, I think, a year or two before I went there. Prior to that, it had been a state teacher's college for women. So I was the second or third class of males. And uh, so the ratios were were, were pretty one-sided. It wasn't you, bad being an 18-year-old athlete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ratios were pretty one-sided, as, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, uh, it was different. I was in class... With me and one other guy and 30, 30 some females, uh, and then the teachers, some of whom were having to adapt or adjust to having guys in their classroom. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know, in and of itself, that was that was really interesting. But it it grew significantly uh, from one year to the next in terms of the balance and the equity and the sports programs and etc. So yeah, it was uh, it was good. Is it? odd having to compete against them I know it's been so many years now that it's not like you're five years out of out of school there but 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 is it interesting you you have to play your your alma mater every single year and they've got a good tennis program they most do, of the time they, do. They, they they have had and they do yeah by all means uh yeah I mean the the distance does create some separation and, and for what it's worth the 
the old courts I played on were back actually inside the campus, <laughs> and their facility now is out by the the Coliseum. So it's that didn't yeah. even exist when I was there. <laughs> so the fact that at least I'm not driving into the campus does create some added uh, separation, uh, I suppose. Once you get done with your collegiate career, tell me where your professional career goes and getting into coaching and, and, and how that got started. I graduated in 81 and uh, had been practicing training, uh, working a little part-time. Uh, heck, yeah, I was young. I was enjoyed being outside, even with a degree. Wasn't 100% sure of what I wanted to do. Uh, but I could be at that time a little more definitive of what I didn't want to do. Um, I was able to get a, a couple of jobs right away as a, as a tennis pro at, at a racket and swim club and then at a country club and uh, had some contacts through that. You know, you could make pretty good money. I could still be outside. I could still play some. All of that was attractive. I was in Spartanburg for a while and then I was in Atlanta on two different instances at different clubs and facilities. And through much of my 20s, I was, for lack of better words, bouncing around doing a lot of that and enjoying it. Uh, after a period of time, I came to the realization that if I was going to stay in, in tennis or, or in, that, in that field, teaching lessons and clinics and so forth, after five, six or whatever years started to lose some of its appeal and uh, that's when I started looking towards a collegiate type uh, and, th and that's how that came about and I actually coached at USC Upstate, it was USC Spartanburg yeah. then, yeah. they were the rifles then and not the Spartans, Right. but that was back uh, and that was a part time while I was working at a, at a racket club there and then, uh, then later on I was actually at Western Carolina uh, when they had men's tennis as well as women. That was back in the late 80s. And one thing after another. And then before you know it, the years uh, moved by and here we are today. When you first came to Campbell, what at first attracted you to this job? Because as we say, it wasn't the job, it wasn't the place that it was today when you started. Well, I had been at Western Carolina, which is there in the western part of the state, a larger state university, but remote. From there, for a variety of reasons, I left and took a D2 job at Morris Hill College right outside Asheville, which I like the mountains, I like that. Um, the appeal from there to here was this was Division One again, like was the case when I was at Western Carolina. I think uh, the previous coach back in the late 80s and early 90s had enjoyed a lot of success, but then they had gone through a, a period where they had had some instability, and and so I saw this kind of as a new opportunity and a new start when I came down for a visit. Uh, the facility then was fairly new here, and so that was attractive in relation to where I'd been before uh, and the fact that they had enjoyed some previous success with tennis uh, was equally also appealing and uh, the fact that I had been previously at two somewhat remote places that being here didn't really bother me all that much because I was I mean Morris Hill and Color we aren't exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, metropolises <laughs> so so that uh, this was the furthest east I'd ever been uh, 
uh, first couple summers were tough because I was used to the mountains. <laughs> but uh, and, and you know, but I I adjusted and adapted. And rest is you know, rest is history. You uh, speaking of that history, I remember some of the times that we talked and and just sort of mining your information since you have seen Campbell before I got here seven years ago and before many the the travel the accommodations the the things that you enjoy today it wasn't quite like that back in the in the late 90s talk about how you guys got around where you guys slept it was it was interesting back then wasn't it it was just then beginning to, uh, from my mindset, having been even at these previous places mentioned, it was just beginning to, to change over a little. But, I mean, even in my early years here, certainly in years prior, heck, we used to go stay at team rooms at Davidson or Virginia Tech or uh, College of Charleston. I mean, with girls and guys. I mean, basically just yeah. a big room with bunk beds and you'd, <laughs> you'd go to the uh, the locker room and shower and you, you did and in some cases literally travel with bag lunches you know from the cafeteria with a sandwich and apple <laughs> and, and um, when we did stay in hotels it was it was the, the red roof in or uh, you know with four to a room you, you, you know it was yeah it, it's it's changed significantly I mean the the budgets the the overall atmosphere is is very different uh, Years and years ago, we didn't even all the time have officials at our matches, literally. And now, increasingly, all that stuff is is more governed and controlled and regulated, and and generally for the better. But some of the old stuff was kind of a little more user friendly. Uh, so, but that's that's the way things are. But uh, yeah, it's a lot has changed. Uh, the the racket technology, the string, the uh, the styles of play. Uh, the physicality uh, that's now been introduced into our sport, which has been the case in all sports, uh, is, is certainly on display far more so now than it was 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago, you could you could be a skillful player and be a successful player, but now you not only have to be a skillful player, but you have to be you have to be athletic. You know, the weight that's put behind the shots and the physicality, yeah, it's just. Uh, Especially at our level now, girls and guys. What has changed, and this is me not knowing what kind of players that you had here back when you first started in, in the late 90s, but, but now um, you have a mix of American players and foreign-born players and, and players that have come from South America, from Europe, just in my time here. You have recruited from all over the globe. Is that a change in the collegiate game, the collegiate game here, or has that always been a part of it? And how the heck do you get people from all over the world to come to Bowie's Creek? I mean, that's that has been uh, on the radar screen now for, for some time, I'd say in the last 20, 25 years or more. Even when I was playing in college back in the late 70s and early 80s, you were just starting then to see that, uh, that representation uh, of international players. And and increasingly from that time since, you know, the floodgates has opened up, probably not only just in tennis, but in certainly some of the other individual sports and to some extent even some of the team sports now. But uh, I know even prior to when I got here, the successful teams that they had had were largely, if not entirely, international. Um, the uh, tennis, I suppose, you know, at least from my from my vantage point, is a sport and has been one where 
here in America with so much of the success we have enjoyed over the decades, a little less so perhaps recently, but we're competing with so many other established sports and even growing sports such as the uh, the X game you know the, these, these kids are terrific athletes but but tennis in the pecking order if there is to, or were to be one here I don't know whether it could or would crack the top eight or the top ten in terms of but for example if you go to South America or Europe it's going to be one of the top three behind football slash soccer it's in terms of participation tennis or, popularity is huge over it, it, more so yes if if we did or were to win the davis cup which they're going to change the format but that's like the the world cup of tennis you know it might be on page five but yeah. in spain or france or south america they're going to have a parade and a holiday uh and so that mindset you know does make or does bring and has brought the rest of the world into play Far more so because of the the emphasis, and perhaps as you know, in most sports throughout Europe, most everything goes through clubs, mm-hmm. uh, and so the club level participation there is tremendous uh, in tennis and certainly the other sports as well, and so that is that is created uh, this this high level of representation uh, and. Uh, American tennis is still, I think, very strong, but you're competing against some of the top state, you know, universities that are going to get those kids. And to some extent, where we are and who we are, it might be, in in, in a strange sort of way, a little easier to attract Mm -hmm. somebody who is looking to get here and looking for an opportunity and may not be as specific as if you're recruiting a kid from the southeast, for example. Uh, and how does that and how does that recruiting process work? Because it's not like you know you you get off work and you go by and watch one of his high school matches. Well, that's that's <laughs> therein lies the challenge, and yeah. um, you know there's whatever networking you want to call. Uh, you cross reference results of players you you know come in contact with with other players whom you might have some knowledge of or familiarity with. Um, you look at results, you look at rankings, you look at ratings, uh, you look at videos, you, you know, increasingly now you Skype with the kids and try to get some feedback, but it is, uh, it, it is different. It's not as if you can go, as you said, watch them multiple times in person. And, you know, on a 10 minute video, I can still look pretty good. (laughs) 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 You know, uh, so, you know, that, that is a challenge, um. there is now with tennis that's been slowly introduced over the recent years what's called a UTR, a universal tennis rating. And more and more countries and more and more federations are picking up on that. And in effect, it's kind of equivalent to a handicap in golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can now increasingly look at that and get a, a somewhat better uh, idea, representation of where somebody is, which helps. Once you get these recruits from all over the world to come here in Bowie's Creek, that has to be a unique and I would say um, interesting slash rewarding thing to see these locker rooms come together with people of all different nationalities and backgrounds. That has to be something. It is. It's. I spoke yesterday to two prospects and uh, shared some of that some of that very same information. Uh, uh, among the different points I try to make, one of which is 
the fact that many or most of ours are and have been international and then if he or she comes they will then be transitioning into a situation that most of their teammates have equally done the same so mm-hmm. they have that common denominator um, and then you know they have the element of tennis as being a, a, a similarity as well and and in that regard their strength in numbers you know uh, so the fact that there are that many and have been and probably will be for some that actually makes it a little less stressful um, because if if this one or that one struggles with pronunciating a, a word a certain way or the lack of understanding of a, a certain process here compared to what they're like back home or food some or most of the others have had to go through that as well and uh, so by and large they they kind of generally support and help each other and and laugh and smile at each other as they do with me as I do with them to be perfectly yeah. honest and so um, I think the atmosphere here is and continues to be one uh, I guess it's more of a family atmosphere and uh, I think by and large uh, most of the players we have players from large metropolitan cities that come to Bowie's Creek and mm-hmm. generally they, they like it uh, if you can get them here I think we're good. It's just getting them here. <laughs> what do you like most about coaching? I guess uh, as a follow-up, uh, the the rapport, the interaction, the relationships that you can develop, uh, in particular here with the different players, guys and girls from the different countries, cultures, backgrounds, languages. It's like in many respects, I go back to school each year because uh, – it's not a one-size-fits-all approach because it can't be because not that our sport in and of itself is an individual sport, but with the diversity that we have, the personalities, the styles of play, uh, the attitudes uh, are, are, are very different, and, and some of that is a representation of the diversity that we have. And so you have to really try to get to know your players as individuals, uh, even more so, uh, because they're all different. and. That's challenging, uh, you know. That's, uh, but it's also is it's very rewarding. Clearly, speaking of a challenge, you are the head coach for both the women's and men's tennis team, and 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 that's something that uh, is a little bit unique. And I guess talk to that, adding another layer of it of uh, coaching both of these teams. Well, I've been doing that pretty much throughout from day one and and years ago going back to some of the earlier conversations that was more the mainstream Mm -hmm. Uh, and then slowly as facilities budgets programs etc have evolved uh, that uh, that role has is diminished you know to where in effect you've got a coach for each of the two there are some of us still left but uh, so that's what I've been used to and that's what I've been doing so I'm not sure if I know how to act otherwise but <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy it I mean certainly in the in the more modern time uh, with uh, a lot of changes that have uh, taken place it, it can be at times a little challenging you are a little more limited or restricted to the amount of time you can devote to one versus the other and, and if you only had one, can or could you do more in this area, more in that area? Certainly. Uh, however, there are some perks. There are some benefits. Uh, as I just referred to from a recruiting standpoint, um, 
I can recruit as I was talking to a girl the other day and she comes here, she's going to have seven or eight of her teammates, but she may have eight or nine big brothers yeah. in effect vis-a-vis the, uh, the men's team and vice versa, you know, and, and I think that added element, uh, generally speaking, for many of the players, they find appealing. Uh, I don't want to suggest it's like an academy, but many of them have trained at clubs or academies where there is that crossover. And so, to some extent, we have a lot of that. Clearly, we do a lot of things side by side uh, for obvious reasons. And so, so that, that makes it appealing. Um, I can, even when we were at college at Charleston over spring break or other instances, uh, one team plays, the other plays afterwards, but generally the team that's either finished playing or waiting to play will watch and cheer for the team yeah. and vice versa. And we will play down there, and when the men have played, they all leave and, and vice versa when the women. So we've got kind of a built-in uh, <laughs> uh, cheering section, which we have benefited tremendously from in some, in some tight matches. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And when you have, in effect, two separate programs that have little or nothing to do with each other, that's practically never the case. Uh, and so that's an, an added element. Uh, I'll caution to say this. Uh, uh, one thing uh, I jokingly say to some coaches when you do coach both teams, uh, if I get a little tired or frustrated or upset with one team, I'll just go spend some time with the other. <laughs> if you got one team, you got nowhere to hide. <laughs> right. right. Uh, so... Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I like it. Um, finally, you talk about the uh, family atmosphere that, that you've created here with this tennis program. Tell me about your family at home. Well, I have a younger wife whom I met here. We've been married for 14 years. Uh, she was a very good tennis player. Uh, she's from Europe. She's, she's French. And we have an 8-year-old daughter. So I'm, I'm living life in reverse, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Uh, better late than never, uh, but it's been a real blessing to be a parent and to watch uh, our daughter grow. Uh, I can still randomly go home and talk tennis because my wife, uh, yeah. as I said, uh, my daughter's not yet really caught that bug. I, I guess we'll see, uh, but uh, we're blessed. Uh, we, we like it here. She, she likes it. Uh, again, I jokingly say that with a younger wife and a, a younger child and coaching young people, my hope and expectation is that will help keep me yeah. young or younger. Or, or the flip side of that is it'll, put, it'll, <laughs> it'll send me to an early crowd. I don't know. Uh, but it's nice to be surrounded by that, um, that, that, that aspect of, of youthfulness, of energy, of, yeah, I like it. Well, thank you so much for the time, Coach. No, I appreciate it. Thank you.